Welcome to Punches and Punchlines, where we break down the best in boxing with a sense of humor. And now, your hosts, Fritz and Franco. Welcome back, Punch Maniacs. We are going to have a short episode this week, but... We had a special fighter accomplishing a special feat. Nyoya anyway is certainly worth doing an episode uh, just by himself. So that is what we're going to do. We're going to break down Nyoya anyway becoming undisputed at Bantamweight, his defeat of Paul Butler. Then we got, uh, we're going to discuss, you know, some awards for the year and what's coming up. What it, What do you think, Franco? I think this sounds awesome. Uh, it was definitely, I'm I'm glad that we are doing an episode because in a way it was amazing. So let's go on ahead and dive right into it. Nyoga Inoue, 29 years old, coming in at 23 and 0 versus Paul Butler, 34 years old, coming in at 34 and 2. Now, for anyone who is not familiar with uh, the monster, Nyoga Inoue, you need to get to know him. He is the pound for pound best, or at the very worst, top three pound for pound. I'll give Usyk could be number one in your book. I wouldn't be mad at you for that. But Nyoya anyway should be no lower than number two. And then you know I'd probably give the spot to Devin Haney at number three, oh. uh, Can- Canelo Alvarez at number four, and uh, I don't. I don't really care after that. Um, <laughs> so don't. you don't you don't agree with the SPN saying Terrence Crawford yeah, is number is, one? He is definitely not. He's not even the number one welterweight yet. But whatever, they can have their favorites just like we have ours. Uh, so let's get back to this fight. Uh, Nyoya Inway uh, is the first Asian undisputed four belt champion at uh, I don't know whether it was just at bantamweight or any weight. But the dude is incredible. For anybody that's uh, been a subscriber since the beginning, we appreciate you, uh, just like we do all subscribers. But you've heard us just fawn over this dude, and it's for great reason. Watch just highlights of this dude. He comes in at Bantamweight, but he punches like like a super middleweight. It's incredible the power this dude lands with. And in this fight... He was landing with lefts and rights. The the rights to the head look so concussive that I don't blame Butler for kind of packing it in a couple minutes into the first round. He was on survival mode shortly after the first round started. It was incredible to see him last as long as he did without really engaging. I think the flurry that put him down for good. I think there was more punches landed in that final flurry by anyway than Butler landed the whole fight. It was <laughs> so ridiculous. Just the talent disparity. No, don't get me wrong. I'm not shitting on Paul Butler. He was able to make it to the 11th round with this dude. Yeah. I would not have made it to the 11th minute. So <laughs> it's, it's incredible just how great this dude is. And he should be a household name. That's how fun he is. Like for anybody that's has not gotten up to speed on Noyoya anyway, I'll spell it out for you so you can do your YouTube search. It's N-A-O-Y-A-I-N-O-U-E is his last name. I-N-O-U-E. Just type in I-N-O-U-E uh, highlights and you'll see some wonderful knockouts. And you're probably going to have a new favorite boxer. I, I have to say he's definitely one of my favorites. I didn't think he could get better, 
somehow he got better. Like in this fight, he came in and it isn't that he was fighting down or that the competition wasn't as good. Butler is a legitimate champion. He had a belt, right? Granted, he got it in his last fight, but it's still a champ, right? And the way that Inoue was moving his head, the way that he was moving his upper body was, I, I didn't, I don't remember seeing that as crisp before as I did in this fight, like the way that he was dodging punches and moving, it's like he added another another thing to his arsenal to go along with being able to just kick the shit out of people. And so when that knockdown finally came in the 11th, really the whole fight, you were just waiting for it. Like you knew that it was coming because he really was just beating the piss out of Butler. And so when it did come, it was so satisfying. It was like edging. It was like edging the whole <laughs> You're waiting for it. And then when it finally released, it was like, oh, man, it was so much better. He's just so much fun to watch. Yeah, there's not many people on planet Earth that I'm going to set an alarm on a Tuesday morning yeah. <laughs> uh, at, at 5 a.m. But this dude was worth it. You know, I, I woke up Tuesday morning and tuned into ESPN. And I happened to catch it in the middle of the fight. So I was like, all right, great. This is timing worked out perfect. You know, I got to tune back in and watch the rest of it later, but I got to see the knockout live and it was just wonderful. He, I literally think he could have beat him with just the right. Yeah. (laughs) Without his left hand, you know, the, the old saying like, oh, I could beat him with one arm tied behind my back. I think. Inouye could have done that to Paul Butler. And now Inouye is talking about he's going to move up one way class now that he's undisputed. I don't blame him. I keep going for bigger and better things. I just love watching the Dubox. box. Like you said, he almost leveled up in this fight. And I don't I don't even know if he needed to because Paul Butler's like, hey, where's the stuff I saw on tape? Because uh, you're doing new fancier stuff this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> time. This doesn't seem fair. It was really just a great fight and a great a, a great fighter that I am so happy for him to be the first undisputed champ. So your homework for the holiday season, Punch Maniacs, get to know Nayoya Inoue. One of the things that I liked, and you kind of mentioned it, is all of his fights are always in Japan, and they're usually on Tuesdays. So we end up watching, you know, usually the fight way afterwards, or you do get up at the ass crack of dawn, throw it on, you know, while you're, while you're taking your morning poo or whatever. But it's like the fact that he doesn't leave Japan and is now the pound for pound best fighter, in my opinion, is completely insane, but also just goes to show how different he is from all these other fighters that are not going for undisputed, that are not signing these big fights and going for the best that they can at their weight class. He's like, you know what? You're coming to me. I don't care how much I'm making. I'm going to become the best at my weight class and I'm going to move up and I'm going to become a big name in my own home country. You're going to fly across the planet to me and then I'm going to kick the shit out of you. I loved all of it. I love the crowd. The Japanese crowds are always real cool because they're real quiet. Yeah. I thought this crowd was electric for a Japanese crowd. <laughs> every Every couple of seconds, you would hear somebody way in the back they they do this in wrestling too, where like you'll hear a woman scream the first name in a really high in a high pitched tone. So you just heard like no, like way in the background. Uh-huh. And uh, every time it happened, I I popped for it. Like I was super happy just to hear <laughs> one person, or they would start clapping along. And but otherwise, dead silence. And I think it's so cool because you know you get used to that hum that you hear in the American crowds and right. you know people going crazy for one punch. 
And so to see people not do anything and then lose their minds at the knockout kind of made it a little bit more fun for me. So I, I hope he keeps fighting in Japan and just keeps making people travel to him. Yeah. The, when you're in the presence of greatness, sometimes you're at a, a you're just stunned into silence. So yeah. <laughs> maybe that's what was going on because the dude is absolutely great. As far as him traveling i hope he does travel because if he comes to the united states for a fight i'm putting it on my bucket list of people i want to see live and in person he is just a joy to watch there's no holes in his game and he wants to take big fights and i look forward to what's next they tell us all the time franco that you can't play boxing and we prove them wrong every episode with our segment called playing boxing uh there was a showtime card on what did you think of that franco I thought it was very okay. So it was a, a three fight card that they showed on Showtime. It wasn't terrible. Uh, they had Frank Martin was the headliner going up against Michael Rivera. And it was just, it was super one-sided, went the distance. It wasn't that it was a bad fight. It's just that Frank Martin was so dominant. Uh, he did have a knockdown, but Rivera ended up getting up. But it was it was a lot more one-sided than I thought it was going to be because both guys came into it undefeated. So right. it's always fun when guys put their O on the line. But for for it to be that one-sided, I, I wasn't really expecting it. It was at the Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas, which oh nice, yeah. They're like, oh, this uh, historic venue that usually has concerts and stuff, but today it has <laughs> boxing, and uh, it was I don't know. The crowd seemed like they weren't really into it. It wasn't the most exciting boxing. It wasn't bad by any means. Uh, the production I thought was better than friggin' ESPN with their Inua card. I don't know what was wrong with the sound on the Inua card. I do. It was uh, Joe Tessitore you were yeah. hearing. That was what was wrong with the sound. You got to listen to that dumb shit. Just ah, here he comes. It's like all right, you've been yeah, saying well, that I now for eleven rounds. You're bound to be right sooner or later. Yeah, well, if anything, it was nice when the sound did go out for Tessator because then I didn't have to hear his bullshit anymore. Yeah. But uh, the the as far as like the card itself, the first fight was pretty good. Uh, I can't remember who it was, but there was a bunch of knockdowns and uh, he ended up getting knocked out, the one guy. But otherwise, eh, it was it was very okay. So, you didn't miss anything. Yeah, me or the Punch Maniacs don't need to rewind and uh, check those out. That's good to know. Showtime, it does have some fun boxing, and uh, I just missed it this past weekend. But it doesn't sound like I missed much. I was going to say, I remembered the guy's name, Astrolabio. Uh, I had to I have it written down. Uh, Astrolabio was the guy that had a bunch of knockdowns, but I believe he would be up for one of the Inuit belts once he moves up. Uh, this was like an eliminator fight, and he ended up just beating the shit out of... Uh, out of the other guys. So yeah, it was Astro Labio, but also I liked it because it kind of sounds dirty. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, oh, that sounds perverted. And then uh yeah, so now I'm invested in Astro Labio. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if you saw this, but the nominations for the boxing awards came out this past week. I wanted to give you some of the people that are nominated and I want to hear your opinions on who you think should win, and then I'll tell you whether you're wrong. All right, uh, buckle up. Here we go. In the fighter of the year category, we had uh, Dimitri Bivol, mm -hmm. Hector Luis Garcia, Meh. Devin Haney, yeah, and the man we just talked about, Nyoya Inoue, and I guess there's two more Jesse Bam Rodriguez, love him, and uh, Kenshiro Tarahi, Taraji. Taraji. Okay. That wasn't even worth reading because I'm not even going to consider that for more than a second. 
<laughs> but who do you got as your fighter of the year? Are we doing official voting right now? Or are we... I want to hear who you who you're giving the award to. It has to be well, I don't I like Baval beating Canelo was huge. Like that was a big deal. And then beating Zerto, follow it up. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um Haney beating Cambosos. That was pretty odd twice, like really kind of cemented it. But I mean, if we're saying fighter of the year, who's the best fighter of the year who really raised it up to me, it has to be the monster anyway. Okay. Uh, you're not far off. You're, you're still wrong, but I'm going to go with, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with Devin Haney uh, because everybody was shitting on him. Like, oh, your belt doesn't count. You know, we don't want to fight you. And now that he's got all the belts, now people are like, oh, belts, belts don't matter. You know, people yeah, just yeah, don't yeah. want to fight this dude because he is a legit terrific fighter at 135. So I'm I'm going to give my nod of to fighter of the year to Devin Haney because he had to go across the pond uh, twice and make it happen. You know, anyway, got to do it in his own backyard. And they're both wonderful. There's no wrong answer here except for yours, Franco. So we're going to move on to the next category, fight of the year. All right. Okay. Let's, let's see who you got for this. We got Jamel Charlo versus Castaño 2. Okay. All right. That was that was a very, very fun fight. Uh Fondura versus Lubin. That I loved. Yeah. Joe Joyce versus Joe Parker. Sivianthi Nan Shinga versus Hector Flores. Yai Opatai versus Marius Britis. You're just making and, up names at this point. Yes, I am. <laughs> and Lee Wood versus Michael Conlon. The least believable names on that list. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, if we're picking off of that list, probably either Charlo Castaño. I do that. Fundora puts the fun in Fundora, and I do love that dude. I feel like Charlo Castaño was better. I don't know. Lee Wood and Michael Conlon was a good fight. It was a great fight. Yeah, I think uh, I think that might be my winner. That one got me out of my seat excited. I think that's who I'm going to have to go with. For me, is going to be Lee Wood and Michael Conlon. Also, easier to pronounce those names. Than the majority right. of the other ones that you said, squiggly wiggly versus bippity boppity boo. I don't believe well, any of those names. Well, when the praying mantis, the towering inferno, is listening to this episode, he'll know that I'm the only true fan, <laughs> and I'm giving it to Sebastian Vantura versus Erickson Luban, mostly because I think I'm going to be able to give an award to Wood Conlon at a later time in this episode. So yeah. I'm being a big cheater and uh, <laughs> looking ahead a little bit, but. There's no bad choices on this list. You know, that's why they were all nominated, but that's what I'm going to go with. And I can't pick a WBA regular belt as fight of the year. So uh, uh, yeah, I'd rather have the interim belt than the regular <laughs> belt. All right. Uh, trainer of the year. I don't really care. Uh, manager of the year. Don't care. Good guy award. Certainly don't care. <laughs> uh, let's see what Is else. Is there they a bad got. guy of the year one too? Yeah, uh, that should be courage or word don't care all right so we've uh let's go our knockout of the year i don't even have nominees to give to you franco let's go i think we got to go caleb plant uh knocking out anthony durrell okay all right after all the shit that anthony durrell talked yeah and then if you watch there's been like on the night of that fight there was terrible angles but now there are replays where you could watch caleb plant skip a beat you know wait and then just deliver that that knockout punch right to the chin it was so goddamn amazing and then i think if we're gonna just go 
knockout of the year. Like I said before, Conlon getting knocked out by Lee Wood. Yeah. Lee Wood was down in that fight. All right. He was getting handled. He got knocked down early in the fight. He needed the knockout in that final round for for any chance of winning. I'm surprised he still had the energy in that final round to, to deliver any punches, let alone a knockout punch, but then to deliver a punch that literally knocked Conlon out of the ring. Yeah, All right? launched him. He just hit him straight in the face. Conlon falls straight forward, right through the ropes, face first into the ground. It was scary at that time. But now that we know he's okay, it's, it makes it an even more wonderful fight. Yeah, I will say Joe Joyce and Joseph Parker is another one that I just kind of think of off the top of my head. That was It was a really cool knockout where he kind of knocked him up against the ropes and, and he went down real slow. But, I mean, to be honest, that Lee Wood-Michael Conlon knockout, I don't know that you can beat that knockout. Like, he literally launched him out and he was lucky i remember there was like a, a chubby older dude who caught him on his way down to the ground yeah. had that guy not been there we wouldn't we wouldn't see him anymore it was it it has to be the knockout of the year only because of how explosive and how cartoonishly ridiculous it really was it was crazy i i, I can't imagine it should be fight of the year and knockout of the year i'm gonna go on ahead and and lock that one in well, uh, and i'm like- sure fritz agrees Conlon has to be extra embarrassed because he got knocked out by a guy with a perm, you know, so that's got to be embarrassing (laughs) for him. And since we're giving out awards right now, I want to mention that I think even better than the fights that we watched or that were nominated for fight of the year, Taylor versus Serrano was my favorite fight this year. Without a doubt, it could have swung either way. Katie Taylor came so close to getting knocked down. In that final round, where you could see her gloves come literally an inch away from from hitting the mat. Yeah. And for anybody that is not sure whether, oh, I don't know if I like women's boxing. Watch that fight. It was so good. I don't even think it's women's fight of the year. I think it's fight of the year. It was so, so fun. You know what? I completely forgot about that fight. And I'm going to unlock my answer of Wood and Conlon. You're completely right that was the fight of the year like from from beginning to end i was on the edge of my seat i didn't know which way it was going to go it looked like katie taylor was going to end up blowing it and then somehow she found it like deep within her soul to come back it was such an exciting fight to watch yeah Shit, I can't believe, I, I feel bad that I completely forgot about it. Well, it wasn't even on the list of nominees, so they must have separate categories for female fights. Uh, but I, I I think it belongs up there with just pure boxing. It was fantastic. Yeah. And we mentioned Wood, Conlon, Serrano, and Taylor. Out of those four, there's only one perm, all right? So, <laughs> uh... <laughs> Although, it would be pretty great if Katie Taylor <laughs> were to get a perm. Like just Absolutely. a really greasy looking eighties oh, perm. It would be I would glorious. Love it. The tight spiral curls. I would love it. So yeah. you know what we got coming up, Franco. This weekend is uh, Christmas. So I will say uh, Merry Christmas to any of our listeners out there. Say Happy Hanukkah to those who are already celebrating uh, their season. Happy Kwanzaa to anybody who is uh, celebrating that. I will say uh, Happy Winter Solstice to people who are like me. And don't believe in any of it. I will say that uh, I hope you have an awesome new year because we got some fun stuff coming up in the new year. Um, yeah, not but, until the new year because there's right. been so little boxing. Yeah, but yeah. Santa's, we're finally, 
Santa's birthday weekend, we got nothing. So, no. uh, you know, Santa's birthday is December 25th. So there's no no boxing on then. December 26th, there should be boxing. All right. Because it's boxing day in Canada and there's no boxing. So that always makes me mad. But January 7th, Javante Davis comes back against, uh, I don't even know. but Hector Luis Garcia. But there's some fun stuff on that undercard that makes me willing to probably shell out the money for that one. Our buddy Vito Malnecki is on there. And by buddy, I mean a guy we watched on TV. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Rashidi Ellis is on that card. Uh, a guy that we actually have met and got to say hello to. Love me some Sweet Speedy gentleman. Rashidi. Yeah, love some <laughs> Speedy Rashidi. So, yeah, there's some fun fights on that card, and we will be back to break all that down for you. Yeah, I don't know. There's there's not a lot of other fights other than that card. There's like some small fights, but nothing that I'm like super excited about. And half the stuff, they haven't even announced what channel it's going to be on. Like a lot of this stuff, when I see it uh, online or if I see it popping up in social media, it's like, oh, we're, who's even going to be carrying that fight? You haven't even announced it yet. And we're almost up to these dates. So yeah, that the Davis fight, that's the last one, or that's the first one until like the end of January where I start seeing more and more big names starting to pop up. Uh, but it's it's kind of, this happens a lot where we get a whole lot of nothing for a stretch and then everything on one weekend or a bunch of big fights on the same night. And I don't know why boxing doesn't spread it out. feel like it would help the sport overall. Yeah, I think on the 14th, we got F.A. Jogba uh, headline in a card. So not awesome card, but it's on ESPN. So it's not going to cost us any money. I'll be tuning in to watch that. Guido Vianello's on that. So I'll check out that on January 14th. Then after that, there is... Better Biev and uh, Jermel Charlo are both fighting on the same day on the 28th. The 28th. Yeah. So we'll have the 7th, the 14th, and the 28th. We're going to watch Anthony Yard get fed to Archer Better Be Up. Now, yeah. <laughs> if you're an Anthony Yard fan and you are looking forward to this fight, you don't like this man very much. He's going to get <laughs> absolutely eaten. You might as well be feeding him to a bear. It's not going to go well. Uh, but I'll tune in and watch that because I am a Better Be Up fan. And yeah, Charlo versus Tazu, uh, that's going to be a fun one. So yeah, we got a lot of stuff coming up. The 7th. The 14th, uh, we'll have a, a week off there in between on the 21st, but then we'll be back with some stuff on the 28th. But uh, yeah, have a great uh, holiday. Happy New Year out there to everybody. And uh, yeah, if you don't have anything else, Franco, I'm throwing in the towel. Thank you for listening to Punches and Punchlines. Make sure to like, subscribe, and follow. And we'll see you next week when we break down the best in boxing with a sense of humor.